My 18-year-old, Eliana, absolutely adores him. It would be like major points with her if I could get C.S. Lewis to be my narrator. If I had to describe what it was like to read my audiobook in one word, that word would be hard. It's really hard to read your own book. It's in some ways a, a love letter from a black woman to a multiracial America, and it's an invitation to cross-racial solidarity. So it does matter that it's in the voice of a black woman, I think. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet singer-songwriter Christy Knuckles, New York Times best-selling author Gail Zemak Lamon, and economic and social policy expert Heather McGee. Listen in as these authors share the on-the-ground experiences and insights that led them to write their books and what it was like for them to record their audiobooks. Enjoy. Hi, this is Christy Knuckles, and I'm the author of the book, The Life You Long For, Learning to Live from a Heart of Rest. I was inspired to write this book because of a life-changing encounter that I had with God during the most mundane task ever. I was actually cleaning a toilet. (laughs) Writing a book, I will have to say, wasn't necessarily something that I had ever dreamed of doing. But the more I would share about this experience with God that I had and that He taught me through, I found that it truly resonated with people. As a songwriter, during my concerts, Sometimes I would set up a song before I'd sing it, and I would talk about the principles and the stories that I write about in this book. And often people would come to my merchandise table afterwards and say, I want the song that she set up when she talked about learning to rest in God. So my music was selling not just on what I was singing, but on what I was saying before I sang. And it became evident to me that this story really does resound with people and resonate. And I hope that it truly brings hope and peace and rest to the people that read it. If I had to use one word in describing getting to record my audiobook, I would use the word contentment. Besides the fact that it was obviously one of the top 10 coolest, maybe, okay, top three coolest things I've ever done in my life, (laughs) it just feels full circle in so many ways. It's a little bit surreal, but there's just a sense of completion and peace in it as well, and the timing of it just feels right. So I just feel a great sense of contentment in it. I realized as I was recording my audiobook that I had trouble pronouncing several things, actually. <laughs> if not for my director, I would probably sound like a complete idiot, but I could not say the word peri- peripheral. I think I was saying peripheral or something, but peripheral, I think, is the right way to say it. And then the paddles that you put on someone's heart, I think it's called a defibrillator. If I was saying defibrillator or something, defibrillator. I think that's how you say it. (laughs) I think the thing I'm most excited for people to hear when they listen to this audiobook is I hope they get to enjoy hearing firsthand the story behind how I really learned to live from the bullseye. It took me 15 years to 
really write this book, but I think a lot of that was because I was supposed to keep living these principles, like keep living out, learning to live from rest. But it's an experience that I had with God, an encounter with Him that really did change my life. And I hope the lives of my family, my children, because I believe that I became a different person and hopefully I raised them differently because I was living from a place of rest and really learning to reach for what really matters in this life. So if I could have had anyone narrate my book, Living or Dead, I would definitely have chosen C.S. Lewis. Not just because of his wonderful British accent, but because of his wisdom and whimsy combined with how it came out in his works. I think it would just be like the greatest ever. I deeply respect how his faith profoundly affected his work and in turn so many people. His series, The Chronicles of Narnia, has deeply impacted our family, especially our children. My 18-year-old Eliana absolutely adores him, so I think it would be like major points with her if I could get C.S. Lewis to be my narrator. It would be a dream. The last audiobook that I listened to was The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, How to Stay Emotionally Healthy and Spiritually Alive in the Chaos of the Modern World by John Mark Comer. John Mark narrated it on his own, and I especially loved it because this person that I've never met before was experiencing and explaining some of the very same encounters with God that I had about learning to give up hurry and learning to rest. I was literally fascinated to hear his journey and how much it reminded me of my own, and it also reminded me that this is a message that I believe that the world needs to hear right now. I love to listen to audiobooks in my car, actually. Because I'm a songwriter, oddly enough, sometimes music can set my mind into work mode. So sometimes when I know I have a commute or a long drive ahead of me, I'll actually get an audiobook. And it helps me just set my mind in a different place and not be in work mode, but kind of receive and learn and be creative. There's something about it that is inspiring to me. We'll see as I move forward as an author if audiobooks start to put me in work mode too, but <laughs> right now it's still a little bit new and surreal for me and fun, and so I love it. I enjoy listening to them. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Imagine if you and I were to sit down together to get acquainted, and before we begin, someone gives us specific parameters for our conversation— Guidelines to help us skip the small talk and go straight to the meaningful and memorable stuff. You and I are challenged to introduce ourselves without alluding to anything we do or have done in terms of a vocation or trade. We are told to focus only on our interior lives and matters of the heart. To be honest with you from the get-go, there was a time in my life when such a challenge would have left me a bumbling mess. While I would have been elated to nix the small talk, I would have felt stripped bare in having to bypass my exterior world and abandon the crutch of my career, which I have a tendency to lean on when describing who I am. Hi, this is Gail Zemak-Laman, author of The Daughters of Kobani, a story of rebellion, 
courage, and justice. I wrote my book because I couldn't imagine a world that didn't document this history. I couldn't imagine people not knowing that young women had faced down every day for a half decade the men of the Islamic State. I couldn't envision a world in which it was lost to history that women, with women's emancipation right at the center of their ideology, faced off against men who truly believed that it was not just okay, but should be codified, that women should be enslaved and treated as worse than property. And I wanted people to know this history of the young women who had said enough and who had fought room by room and house by house and street by street and town by town, men who brought terror to the world and who absolutely owned their power, who just absolutely were the most comfortable I had ever seen about running things and the least apologetic I had ever witnessed about being in charge. If I had to describe what it was like to read my audiobook in one word, that word would be hard. It's really hard to read your own book, but it's also just incredibly rewarding because it flashes back to so many interviews. And truly, with this book and every book I've written, so many extraordinary people who trusted me with their stories. And I take that so seriously. I wanted to do right by all of them. But it's really hard, and it's also hard because people are listening the whole time because all of you are going to be listening to this one day, and they are here to make it better. So uh, Francis and Andrew have done an amazing job in helping me to bring this to all of you, and I'm just so excited for you to listen. I realized I had trouble pronouncing the word particularly. I had to say that very slow for you all listeners because the truth is that it's very hard to put that many consonants together, and I really cannot do it in regular life or in audiobook life, so I had to do that very carefully and slowly. So forgive me when you hear that word and give yourself a little bit of laugh when you hear that in the story. I'm proud that I was able to bring this story to you, and I'm proud that you will see for yourselves and hear for yourselves the valor, the humor, the friendship, the courage, the strength of all the people in the story, of the young women who absolutely brought the fight to ISIS every single day, and of American diplomatic officials who just kept pushing and kept looking to make this story possible and and said, this is the force with whom we have to fight. And I wanted you all to get to know this story and to bring it to you as close as I could to the tone in which they spoke to me. So I hope you will enjoy it, and I hope you'll hear them in some way through my voice. My dream narrator, if I couldn't read The Daughters of Kobani myself, is Angela Bassett. I love her in everything she does. I love her voice. I love her strength. I love her courage, and I think she would be amazing. So Angela Bassett, if you're listening and want to do the next edition, please, please come find me. I would be honored. The last audiobook that I listened to was A History, which was great. But the audiobook that stays with me, which I truly think about at least every other day, is Frank McCord reading Angela's Ashes. You can still hear in his voice when you listen to it the anger and the sense of injustice and also the humor and the absurdity. And I just think he brings you into those rooms as no one else could. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is my car. I don't have much time to myself at this point in life, and I love to just hear the written word as I drive and enter another place as I'm heading to somewhere else. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook, The Daughters of Kobani. Azima and her comrades-in-arms had one job, 
defend Kobani. The secret is to keep calm, she had been telling the newer snipers working alongside her and looking up to her. No movement, no excitement. Any excitement at all, and you won't hit your target. Azima slowly leaned onto her right elbow, tilting her head ever so slightly as she looked down the barrel of her rifle. Her thick brown-black hair tried to escape the flowered blue, white, and purple scarf that covered it, but Azima pulled the scarf down farther to fix it firmly in place. She moved her other elbow, propped up on a tan-colored sandbag just a fraction of an inch to the left, and stayed as close to the ground as she could while she shifted her weight. Every movement mattered. Hi, this is Heather McGee, author of The Sum of Us. I wrote my book because I'd worked for almost 20 years in public policy research and advocacy, trying to tackle some of society's biggest problems, mostly economic problems. And it just felt like we simply can't seem to have nice things in America. And so I set off on a what would end up becoming a three-year journey to try to answer the question of why. What's getting in the way of us having a high-functioning society? Things like universal health care and affordable college and higher wages that keep families out of poverty. And in the end, it turned out that time after time, at its root, the answer was racism is getting in the way. It was fun to record my audiobook. I'd say if I had to use one word to describe what it was like to record my own book, it was revealing. This was really the first time I'd read the book all the way through without an eye to edit it in any way, just reading it as a reader would read it and experience it. And so it was revealing. I realized I had trouble pronouncing the word that describes the good people of Alabama. First of all, it's Alabamians, not Alabamans, and then it's Alabamians and not Alabamians. I'm proud that I was able to record my book myself because, you know, there's a lot of sociological and economic research, a lot of facts and figures, but at its heart, the story is really about just my personal journey to try to figure out what's wrong with this country and our society and the relationships that I made over the course of that journey with dozens of people whose voices appear in the book, whom I grew to love, you know, who they were and their version of America that they were willing to share with me. So it, it feels very personal for all the facts and figures. So I'm, I'm really glad that I was able to read the book myself. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast maybe my mom, who has a really beautiful voice and I think, you know, gets what I'm driving at. You know, I actually think it's important to have this book be read by a Black woman. It's in some ways a, a love letter from a Black woman to a multiracial America, and it's an invitation to cross-racial solidarity. So it does matter that it's in the voice of a Black woman, I think. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was President Barack Obama reading his book, A Promised Land which I listened to while I was driving across the country, actually, in an RV with my husband and son. He's just the best of the best, and it's a really personal and revealing story. I like to listen to audiobooks in two places. One while driving, for sure, 
And the other is while cooking. If I've got a big meal to cook, I love to put on an audiobook. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Growing up, my family and my neighbors were always hustling. My mother had the fluctuating income of a person with an entrepreneur's mind and a social worker's heart. My dad, divorced from my mom since I was two, had his own up-and-down small business, too, and soon a new wife and kids to take care of. If we had a good year, my mom, my brother, and I moved into a bigger apartment. A bad spell, and I'd noticed the mail going unopened in neat but worrisome piles on the hall table. I now know we were in what economists call the fragile middle class. All income from volatile earnings and no inherited wealth or assets to fall back on. We were the kind of middle class in the kind of community that kept us proximate to real poverty. And I think this shaped the way I see the world. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.